What's up, everyone from all around the world, including Canada, USA, Long Island, plus the five boroughs of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, and Queens. I'm here to guide and help you about Anchor. Anchor is a free hosting site and phone app, which is owned by Spotify. It's the easiest, awesome way to make a podcast. Why are you wasting your money paying for a hosting site to promote your podcast with limited storages? Forget about it. Let me break it down to you. There's creation tools that allow you to record, edit, monetize, add music, intros, music outros, especially distribute your podcast to streaming platforms, uploading episodes with limited storages of your podcast right from your phones, computers, laptops, and tablets. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. Plus, you get paid some money in your pocket from sponsorships. Excellent. These are the keys you need to make a podcast, including the listeners supporting your show. That way, you can listen to the episodes of my show, Off the Meat Rack Chain's New York podcast, the unfiltered comedy entertainment show about the stories mixed with entertainment news, music, real life segments, and much more. Now. Where can you find, follow, and listen to the show, you ask? You can follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram, all in one word, off the Meat Rat Chains New York podcast. Alongside with my other show, Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast, and my primary handle, G Money Stacks 555 in Queens, New York. Now, the streaming platforms goes like this. We are on Anchor. Audio Burst, Breaker, Podorama, Listen Notes, Spotify, Stitcher, Deezer, Podchaser, Pocket Cast, Podcast Addict, Player FM, TuneIn, Reason FM. We are on Podfriend, Podorama, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. If you have a dream of creating and becoming a podcaster like myself and individual friends that is co-hosting with me, go download the free Anchor app or you can check out anchor.fm to get started. Take advantage of the opportunity that's thrown in your face. If I could do it and reach success, so can you. I'm G Money Stacks. Thank you for listening. Let's go.
All right. Good evening, USA, Canada, International, Long Island, aka Strong Island, plus the five spots of Brooklyn, Bronx, Manhattan, Staten Island, and Queens. This is your man, G Money Stacks, aka the Gregonator, YouTuber, creator, host the most, missing still lonely nomad, unstoppable independent podcaster, and rookie podcaster of Laurelton, Queens, New York. And you're rocking and hanging and listening with the 198th episode of Off the Meat Rack Chains, New York podcast. Got a jam-packing show full of topics today. We're live and direct from StreamYard and alongside with live stream, excuse me, um, YouTube. And, and of course, the side of myself is the Instagram live feed of the podcast show page. Make sure you turn on your notifications so you can be in the loop on when each episode is going to be dropping and and speaking of speaking of which if you are new to the youtube universe and you miss any previous new and and latest episodes don't worry everything is all uploaded and posted to the youtube channel page of of g money stacks 555 where you can see all the New York episodes on there. Grab that subscribe button. Tap that noni noni bell so you can be reminded when the show goes in the air via live stream. Alongside with leaving a like and a comment along with the episodes. With the topics being discussed. And more of your content, upcoming episodes, previous episodes, and alongside with, you know, Telling a friend to another friend, download the episodes, share the episodes, and I'll handle the rest at the end of the show where you can listen to all the episodes on every streaming platform and the segment, Stream Choices on the Go. All right, so, all right, let's get to it right here, man. Let's get to it. Let's get into the first... um, New York um, Mass Transit story of the New York Mass Transit files right here. Let's do this. Here's what's happening. Okay. What we have here today is um, an idiot an average idiot to be to be exact um so we have so we have a, a graffiti artist so police police cuff an alleged teenage subway sufferer friday for spray painting several train carriages as well as riding atop another train law enforcement sources reported the nypd has been working hard not only to crack down on subway vandalism, but also the dangerous game of subway surfing, which has increased dramatically in recent years and led to serious injury and or death of those who participate in the illegal activity. The 15-year-old suspects involved in both instances allegedly spray painted some 12 subway cars on august 17th at broadway and murray street in lower manhattan the vandal tagged the exterior of the w trains with caro 
Hash, Timsha, and Croc <laughs> in multiple colors before fleeing the area. Following an investigation by the Citywide Vandals Task Force, police were able to apprehend him as he subway surfed in Queens on Friday. The team was charged with criminal mischief, making graffiti, um, possession of a graffiti instrument, criminal trespass, and trespass. In a separate case on September 15th at approximately 7 p.m., police re received several 911 calls regarding a slew of minors surfing a seven train. Um, responding officers discovered a Manhattan-bound train with three juveniles riding atop the transit car. Bad idea. As the seven train pulled into the 33rd Street station in Long Island City, which is in Queens, Three of the boys fled into the large, no, excuse me, the last cap carriage. Uh, <clears throat> police gave chase and apprehended the teens without incident. <laughs> the other boys were all 13 years of age and were later released to their parents. <clears throat> Let me make this one point here before I go on to another topic here. Now, I know. Now, I know graffiti is usually part of art, right? But there's a time and a place to do graffiti. But at the same token, it does not include vandalizing subway cars or even or even um or even um or even um you know buildings or whatever, you know what I'm saying? Even though, even though there's some exceptions as, you know, there's some, there's some graffiti dedicated to tributes to the people that they lost, which is understandable, but to do some illegal shit, that's terrible. And, and I'm glad that they're going to get, they're going to get a lot of heat for this shit though, man. So believe it or not though, man, I, so Really glad that they actually apprehend those those teens. You know what I'm saying? I'm really glad that they actually apprehended them. All right, another train, another transit news right here. We have, um, okay, so we have okay. Um, let me make Let me see. Let me see. Let me make sure I got the right stuff. Okay, I got it. I got it. All right. So, so another topic: city proposes um complete redesign of Third Avenue on the Upper East Side. So here's what's going on here. City transportation officials on Wednesday night unveiled a proposal to overhaul 3rd Avenue between 59th and 96th Streets on the Upper East Side, converting some of the five northbound motor lanes with, with bus, bike, and pedestrian-oriented infrastructure. The Department of Transportation is in redesigning the corridor, intends to replace two existing travel lanes currently used for motor vehicles with one becoming a dedicated bus lane and the other becoming a parking um protected bike lane 
while also installing pedestrian islands and signal priority at intersections throughout. Third Avenue was identified by DOT as a Vision Zero Priority Corridor due to its car-centric design and history of fatalities and injuries among pedestrians and cyclists, bolstering the department's rationale for redesigning it. Six pedestrians and one cyclist have died in the Upper East Side section of the avenue since 2016. The road is 70 feet wide, which is bulkier than most Manhattan avenues and features five lanes for car traffic. Um, Third Avenue sticks out, said Nick Carey of DOT's bicycle unit in a Wednesday evening presentation of the plan, the plan to Manhattan's community board eight. It has a lot of pedestrian injuries and deaths. And that's a big part of why we're here. Hundreds of cyclists still use the corridor on any given day, despite the lack of a bike lane. Dozens of buses with tens of thousands of passengers traveled through traveled the route at peak times. But the journey is anything but pleasant. The M102, which travels northbound on Third Avenue, was deemed the slowest bus. So is bus in the city this year by the strap hangers um, campaign, puttering along at a pathetic 4.6 miles per hour between the East Village and Harlem. Um, the department hopes to have the improvements installed along the corridor in 2023. A rep for local council member Keith Powers told the board that the poll is in support this project will expedite commute times improve pedestrian safety increase spaces for bikes and ensure that cars buses and bikes can share the road in harmony said the rep jesse k jesse k following the presentation the board's transportation committee voted 12 to 1 with one abs absentation Abstentate. Hold on. Abstention. Abstention. Here we go. In favor of advancing the proposal for a vote by the full community board. Public comments from local residents during the board meeting were largely positive. Many residents, in fact, were urging DLT to go further, such as by taking away an individual lane for car traffic in order to create a two-way protected bike lane. Um, don't delay this and don't water it down, said Hindi Schnachter. Um, a long time up east side of east sider rather who hopes to ride the new bike lane with her granddaughters. This time let's fix a degenerate block before there's deaths. Um, one more, one more thing in, in transit news. Uh, let's see. There's one more thing. Yeah, I already talked about that already. Actually. Oh, announcements. There it is. 
Okay, so New York City subway riders will hear a new set of announcements by NYPD Commissioner um, Keechan Sewell. Um, the Metropolitan Transportation Authority is rolling out two recordings of the police office, the police chief reminding strap hangers that the boys in blue are patrolling the sprawling transit system around the clock and in greater numbers. The announcements will play every 15 minutes at four, four, 403 subway stations in all boroughs except Staten Island through the end of the month, running 24-7 at indoor stations at outdoor platforms from 8 a.m. to 9 p.m. The, the state MTA's own police department primarily patrols the Staten Island Railway, while the city's um, NYPD is tasked with covering the subway system. We have increased officers on trains and platforms so that you can ride safely, knowing that we are here to help, says, no, says one announcement. New York relies on its subway system like no other city in the nation. And your NYPD officers are working 24 hours a day, seven days a week to keep it safe, says the other message by the city's top cop. Mayor Eric Adams deployed an extra 1,000 police officers from above ground precincts into the transit system, bumping the total of cops underground to a record on 3,500 as part of his zoners um subway safety plan earlier this year more recently cat governor kathy hoku who controls the mta um launched a 5.5 million dollars effort to equip every single subway car with a pair of surveillance cameras while while crime in transit makes up less than two percent of citywide numbers and is still below pre-slamdemic levels, Big Apple commuters continue to list personal safety as a top concern, according to an MTA rider survey from June amid high-profile incidents on the rails this year, such as the shooting in Sunset Park and the fatal shoving of Michelle Alyssa Go. Meanwhile, weekday, <laughs> weekday trip numbers have remained ab about 40% shy of 2019 um, rates for months predominantly driven by people still working remotely. Wow. <laughs> the NYPD has logged 1,670 um, major crimes um, such as assault, grand larceny, robbery, murder, and rape in the, in the subway so far this year according to the latest police data through September 25th. That's up 43% from last year when there were still fewer riders due to the COVID crisis, but down about 5% from 2019. The most recent numbers are still only about half of the crime figures of the last peak in 1999, when there were 3,265 crimes during that time period. Okay. Um, <clears throat> okay, let's get to, all right, so we got some more stuff going on involving, uh, oh, Lord. Okay, so, okay, 
So a man was stabbed. Hold on a second. Hold on a second. Um, hold on a minute. So we got another one here. So <clears throat> most recently, a man was stabbed in the neck during a fight on a Bronx train over the weekend, cops said. The 33-year-old victim was arguing with another strap hanger on a number four train at the West Burnside Avenue and Jerome Avenue station around 7.30 p.m. Sunday when the assailant suddenly stabbed him in the neck with an unknown object, police said. The, the victim was taken to St. Barnabas Hospital where he was listed in stable condition, cops said. The attacker ran off and has not been has not yet been arrested. Damn. In a separate incident around 4 a.m. Monday, a man was robbed at knife point on board a number six train at East 33rd Street and Park Avenue in Manhattan, authorities said. Hold on. <clears throat> Yeah, um, the 21-year-old strap hanger was riding the train when a man approached this displayed a knife and snatched his cell phone from his hand, police said. Um, the victim was not stabbed or slashed, but sustained a cut on his hand when the suspect grabbed the phone, authorities said. The victim refused medical attention and the thief remains at large. Okay. <clears throat> um, all right, so. All right, so this is, this is pretty crazy, man. Um, anyway, um, we got another issue that we have to talk about. Um, we got another. Oh, man stabbing the neck in the Bronx. Oh, actually, the hatchet part. There's another story about that. Um, wait a minute. Stabbing the neck. Let me see. Hold on a minute. Just a second. Stabbed in the neck with a hatchet. Um, okay. <laughs> um, okay. Now let's go to, um, let's go to chat and all the jazz real quick. Um, yeah, here we go. <clears throat> All right, so what? All right, let's get to um, let's get to the McDonald's employer. Hold on a minute. Um, this is this is crazy and tragic, actually. Um, so this one right here is, hang on a second. So, the McDonald's employee who police said was shot by a man after serving cold fries to the suspect's mother has died. 
the NYPD said Friday morning, excuse me, Matthew Webb, age 23, succumbed to a gunshot wound to his neck Wednesday after being declared brain dead, authorities said. His death is now deemed a homicide, police said. Police on Monday arrested and changed, no, excuse me, charged 20-year-old Michael Morgan with attempted murder and criminal possession of a weapon in connection to the incident. Um, police had previously said the charges would be upgraded if Webb died from his injuries. Morgan was also charged with murder on an October 2020 incident where he allegedly shot a 28-year-old man less than a mile away from the Bedford Stuyvesant McDonald's where the Monday shooting occurred, police said. <clears throat> police also took an 18-year-old woman into custody in, in connection with the McDonald's shooting the, um, the NYPD said. She faces criminal possession of a weapon charges, the department said. According to police sources, Morgan and the woman knew each other, but their relationship wasn't immediately clear. Authorities said the 23-year-old McDonald's worker got into an argument with Morgan's mother inside the restaurant on Fulton Street in Bedford-Stuyvesant around 7 p.m. on Monday after the woman claimed she had been served cold french fries. The argument spilled out into the street where Morgan allegedly pulled out a gun and shot the employee, according to police. That can't be good. That's not good. That is not fucking good, though, man. But not as good as the, uh, let me see. Let's see. Uh, not as good as the, uh, um, not as good as the, um, Hold on a minute here, folks. Hold on. All right. So, um, that's not doing the fight. Oh, and with a hatchet, I meant to cut. I'm going to let me find that story. I'm sorry. Um, let me find that story, though. Hold on a minute. Okay, uh, a man with a hatchet instead of a gun. stabbed a man in the Bronx. Okay. Um, all right. So, <laughs> oh my gosh, hold on a minute here. Hold on a minute here. This was recently, I've been meaning to actually get to that. So this is, let me see, let me see, let me see. Possession looked like a hatchet. A hatchet by Chamber Street. Was it Chamber Street? 
Wait a minute. Okay, wait a second. Let me take a look here. Okay. Um. All right, so Morris Heights, Bronx, New York. Police have made an arrest in, a de in the deadly, unprovoked stabbing of a man in the subway on Thursday. Police on Saturday arrested Saquon Lemons. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> oh, man. That's that's the name of the fruit. Wow. <laughs> Age 27. <laughs> Age 27 of the Bronx on charges of murder, manslaughter, and criminal possession of a weapon, the authority said. The victim, a 38-year-old 30, Bronx man, was getting off a northbound four train as it arrived at the 176th Street um, station just before 9 o'clock p.m. 9 p.m., excuse me. Thursday, when he was stabbed multiple times in the, in the back and chest by a suspect who came, be, came up behind him in what police said they believed it was an un, unprovoked attack the victim collapsed on the platform was rushed was rushed to saint bonobo's hospital where later he died becoming the seventh person to be killed in the nyc transit system this year and the second fatal subway stabbing in less than a week sheesh he was later identified as charles moore the suspect is described as a man with a dark complexion about 5'11 and was last seen wearing a dark hooded um, sweatshirt and Nike sneakers. Earlier Thursday at 5.15 p.m., a 45-year-old man was slashed in the, in the face by a man on a moped who followed him into a Brooklyn subway station in East New York. Just after 1 p.m., a 59-year-old man was stabbed in the back at a Harlem subway station. The victim was waiting for a train at the 125th Street station at St. Nicholas Avenue when he got into an argument with a man he didn't know, possibly after a harmless bump on the platform. The other man pulled out a knife and stabbed the victim in the upper back. He was taken to Mount Sinai Morningside Hospital in stable condition. The suspect last seen wearing blue jeans, a blue jacket and blue tinted glasses and ran off. Okay, um New York City Police Commissioner Keishan um Seawall said the NYPD had to do more after three people were stabbed, one fatality in three separate attacks on the subway within an eight hour span. We've heard we surged thousands of officers into the subway system, Seawall said Friday during a news conference. We have to deter and prevent this activity. Police said it was too soon to talk motive for the seemingly random attacks. None of the suspects is in custody. There was no contact in that train car between the victim and assailant. Chief of Department Kenneth Corey said of the fatal stabbing in the Bronx. Looking at the video, it looks as though the attacker goes after that individual specifically. We don't know what the motive is. The department stressed the number of transit assaults and arrests have increased, but it is working on getting the illegal cutting weapons off the streets. 
Police have made more than 600 arrests for illegal cutting instruments on the subway so far this year. Transit Chief Jason Wilcox said that's a 95% increase from last year. The events of yesterday were very disturbing. Wilcox um, said we are going to be out there and with the riders and for the riders keeping them safe. Um, of course, obviously, obviously, the most I could do different is basically be a little more vigilant than usual, but I'm not surprised, said one. Um, I typically feel okay at this particular subway. First time I heard something this tragic at this subway, said another. Crime is pretty high right now, so I don't think it's an isolated situation, said a third commuter. Listen, what the hell? I don't know. Listen, what what the hell is this guy thinking, man? Why are you carrying a fucking hatchet? You're carrying a hatchet, which is which is like probably worse than a box cutter, worse than a fucking gun or anything like that. Like seriously, I hope this idiot gets caught, man. I'm serious. I'm serious right now, man. Like every week, every week I hear about another subway incident, which is really getting crazy and crazy. And it's and it's a reality that we're facing right now as New Yorkers. So that's just that's just that's just me expressing what I'm feeling right now. So. You know, and as, and I said this before, people are afraid because of these incidents that's happening. It's not because, look, it's not because, it's not, listen, it's not because of the stupid, it's not because of the media, okay? It's it's the reality that we're living in right now with all these, all these subway attacks that's been going on. This is not something you can make up. You can't make this shit up. All right, you can't make this shit up. <laughs> you can't make this shit up, though, man. I, I mean, all I'm saying is, there's gotta be ways to do better, though, man. And I don't know, if, and I don't know, having a, a number of number of police people to actually, I don't know if that's gonna decrease the crime, but it, it's it's worth a try. You know what I'm saying? Um. Anyway, so let's get into. Let's get into, uh, <laughs> I'll say the best ones for last though, man. So let's get into, <laughs> um, okay, let's get into, let's get into something that I never had a chance to get to. So, all right. So, all right. So there's some red flags that, you know, you have to look out for in case your partner is cheating. So this is from an article from the New York Post. So let's so let's see. If you are suspicious, you might be dating a cheater. This private investigator has some hot tips for you. In a series of not of now viral TikToks, the PI, which is private investigator from the Australian company down on the investigation, has detailed catching a client's boyfriend in the act while following him in his car late at night when your boyfriend a 10 but he just got a taxi back to his ex-girlfriend's house the cheater buster quipped in the clip which has racked up nearly twenty thousand views as of thursday morning wow 
the unnamed Snoop captioned the clip, another happy client, well happy with us, but not happy with their now ex-partner. And another self-help clip, the PI shared his top five signs, you've got a cheater on your hands. Of course, you can keep strong, keep scrolling for his expert warning about red flags to look out for if your significant other has been acting a little shady lately. Oh boy! So here it is. So the top five um red flag signs you that your partner is cheating. So for starters, lying. If they lie about both big things and small things they might be cheating defensiveness a partner getting excessively defensive is a sign of cheating gaslighting <laughs> which everybody keeps using <laughs> gaslighting is a subtle clue that you are dating a cheater accusations <laughs> if they accuse you of cheating they might be cheating themselves <laughs> has cheated before if your partner has a history of cheating, you are your right to be suspicious. <laughs> TikTok users also took to the comments to share their own warning signs. Other men messaging them good morning and good night text. One person wrote, they say they're going to wash the car at 1030 at night and don't return for several hours. My ex another shared. Raising home to change or shower, using new sayings or words, new interests in fashion, leaves rings at home. New new phone lock screen, a user wrote. Meanwhile, a psychologist on Instagram suggested taking, taking note of what your partner says rather than the, their behaviors or facial expressions. Hmm. Daniel Akan shared a psychological secret to if someone's cheating on you, but started started it off with a disclaimer that this trick will only work if you haven't broken your partner's trust. Otherwise, they might be justified in how they feel about you. If you are dating someone and they start accusing you of cheating or they are worried that you are talking to to other people without any evidence, it usually means that they are cheating and talking to other people, the psychologist said. They are just worried that you are doing the same thing. Um, a, a con um, explained that this is something called projection meaning people tend to project what's inside of them onto other people. The responses to, to Akon's, Akon's um, advice were mixed. This isn't true in every case. Some people have abandonment issues. Some people have abandonment issues and fear this and can accuse or become suspicious, but it doesn't mean they are cheating or talking to others, one person said. What about the trauma of being cheated on? Another wrote, to which Akon responded, absolutely, I didn't say this was very, this was every single time. Well, not sure about that one right there, but that's pretty, that's pretty crazy though. But, um, I gotta say, man, that's that has to be um 
All right, so. All right, so um. All right, so Bobby Ferreira. Um, is leaving Euphoria. And I'll fill you in on why. I'll fill you in on why. So, so Bobby Ferreira announced Wednesday that she's leaving Euphoria after reports that her screen time was cut in season two following a fight with the show's creator over the, her character's arc. In the instant story, Ferreira wrote that she was having to say a very teary eyed goodbye to her character Kat Hernandez as she shared a photo of fan art of her character that she said was created by her co-star Hunter Schaefer. I hope many of you could see yourself in her like I did and that she brought you joy to see her journey into the character she is today. The 25-year-old actor said, I put all my care and love into her, and I hope you guys could feel it. Love you, Captain Hernandez. It was not immediately clear whether Ferreira would appear in season three of the HBO show or if it was her decision to leave. Representatives for Ferreira uh, and the show's um and the show's uh, hold on a second, hold on a second um. For the show's writer and creator, Sam Levinson, um, did not immediately respond to BuzzFeed News' um, request for comment. A release date for season three has not yet been announced. In January, around the time when season two of the hit drama series aired, rumors began circulating that Ferreira had gotten into an argument with Levinson after expressing disappointment with her character storyline. According to the unconfirmed reports forever walked off set while they were shooting which allegedly prompted levison to dramatically cut her lines from the script <laughs> the actor addressed the speculation about behind this behind the scenes drama in an interview with insider saying that she's seen so many different things and a lot of it is untrue sometimes things take on a life of their own and they are not rooted in the truth but it's okay because i know it's just out of passion and out of curiosity and all that good stuff ferrera said in march and i signed up for it so i'll take it i'll take the good and the bad other euphoria stars um have described in the past how they've they've given feedback to levison about scenes Hold on a second. Have they given um yeah feedback about scenes? Um yeah, feedback about scenes actually. Yeah, scenes about um scenes involving nudity or or sexualized scenarios. Actors Minka Kelly and Sydney Sweeney have said Leviston. Hold on a second. Why is this? Said Levison was receptive to their request to do fewer new scenes than he'd originally written, but their comments sparked a conversation among fans about the power dynamics of the situation. Well, hopefully, 
hopefully um things get straightened out and 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 as i said as i said there's no there's no release date for um season three of euphoria so i'm not we're not sure so this is more of a wait and see folks so there so there you have it um let's see what else can we talk about here um okay um so all right so drake here we go i don't know if he or not will wait let's get into that so drake is taking his talents to harlem as the sixth god has announced his plans for an intimate show at the famous apollo theater next month um taken to instagram on tuesday october 4th which was um three three weeks ago drizzy revealed he would be gracing the iconic new york stage on november 11th for the very first time the rare one-off concert is an exclusive event that comes in collaboration with sirius xm with a capacity of with a capacity of just over 1500 tickets will be hard to come by and fans will have to chance will have the chance to win free tickets by scanning a qr code and listening to drake's um sound 42 station on sirius xm sound 42 link in bio to win tickets drizzy wrote on instagram um fans and rappers are like flooded drake's instagram comments with french montana reese lafleur and more lending their stamp of approval for what is sure to be an epic night in harlem um rap radar podcasts on um, brian b dot miller joked that the line is already down the block with about five weeks until showtime it's not the first time drizzy's on um, tunes have boomed throughout the apollo as Lauren Hill performed a remix to his smash hit, Nice For What, which samples her classic track, X Factor, during a concert at the venue in 2018. Drake last took the stage in August for the YMCB, um, YMCMB um, reunion with Lil Wayne and Nicki Minaj in Toronto for the final night of his October World Weekend Festival. As for his last NYC performance, he hosted eight shows on his Aubrey and the Three Migos tour with the Migos in August 2018. And four at Madison Square Garden, three at the Barclays Center, and one at the Brooklyn Mirage. Drake hasn't hit the road for an official tour since since and he won't need to if he continues to cash seven figure seven figure parlays he hit for two million two million dollars this past weekend thanks to a huge three team nfl parlay following a six-figure loss to kick off week four in the nfl drake put together a parlay featuring the buffalo bills dallas cowboys and kansas city chiefs the bet wagered nearly four hundred thousand dollars for a five one payout wow 
Wow. <laughs> um, let's see. What else can we what else? Um okay, what else can we talk about here? Um okay. All right, so <laughs> y'all probably familiar with Oscar Meyer, right? Now Oscar Meyer comes out with what you call one of the, it might be my I don't know it might be either a good idea or a weird idea but let's get into it though. So Oscar Meyer announced Thursday it would sell a hot dog flavored popsicle in a handful of U.S. cities. <laughs> Damn. Um. The popsicle dubbed the cold dog is being sold for two dollars at frozen desserts company pop bar locations in new york city atlanta new orleans and long beach oscar meyer said in a press release it visibly resembles a hot dog top with mustard and has smoky um umami notes <laughs> of oscar meyer's um iconic wiener <laughs> Oh man, Oscar Mayer um, said the, the cold dog comes from a stupid or genius social media campaign. Oh boy, wow. Yeah. <laughs> Thousands of hot dog fans said the hot dog flavor popsicle was genius, prompting the Kraft Heinz subsidiary to collaborate with Pop Bar to make the product a reality, according to the release. After the overwhelming fan excitement for our beloved cold dog, it was a no-brainer <laughs> to make this hot dog-inspired frozen pop a reality and feel head of North American Brand Communications, Oscar Meyer said in a statement, for more than 130 years, um, Oscar Meyer has been sparkling smiles and bringing levity into everyday moments. And we, and we are thrilled to bring fans another wonderfully odd way <laughs> to enjoy our iconic wiener <laughs> while being the summer heat. Oh, wow. This is basically what happened over the summer. So I'm just gonna um <laughs> this is more of a recap. Um, this isn't the first hot dog flavored cold treat Oscar Mar has debuted. It. In 2019, the company unveiled an ice cream sandwich with spicy Dijon gel gelato <laughs> and hot dog sweet sweet cream between a cookie bun. <laughs> <laughs> Wow, wow. <laughs> I'm really flabbergasted by this idea though. But <laughs> but um not as flabbergasted about um Madonna's daughter, which I didn't even know she got into um music actually. Um so um Madonna's daughter um Lordes Leon released her debut musical single Wednesday following in the footsteps of her pop queen mom with a synth-heavy dance party anthem. The 25-year-old songstress dropped the dreamy trip hop tune Lock and Key 
under the stage name Lola Hall, <laughs> along with a steamy music video set in spots around New York City. Mm. In the video, the singer is seen um, writing on the hood of an SUV, striking a pose in sparkly silver nipple pastries and rubbing the chest of a clean cut beefcake in a cemetery. <laughs> oh my gosh. Not the cemetery. <laughs> oh man. Oh my gosh. Oh my fucking gosh. Not the cemetery, man. Near the end, she shown doing splits on a beach while wearing only a tangle of ropes and a fishing net around her waist. Leon, who is also a model, has previously said she has no interest in the music industry because it's too much like her Vogue superstar mother's career path. As for music, I can sing. I just don't care about it. Maybe it's too close to home, she told Interview Magazine last year. But she apparently changed her tune, teaming up on the song with the experimental artist, um, Earth Eater? <laughs> oh, man. And composer Samuel Burgess, Earth Eater. I can't believe <laughs> Oh, man. Earth Eater. What kind of name is that? <laughs> oh, man. Oh, my gosh. That's so funny. <laughs> that name is laughable. I'm sorry, man. Yeah. <laughs> Leon, who is Madonna's daughter with Cuban-born dancer and fitness trainer Carlos Leon, also told the magazine at the time she was more drawn to dance than music. I dance, I have a very specific sense of style, and I'm interested in aesthetics. So I like to incorporate all those parts of myself into my projects, she said. And that's not a bad idea, man. That's not a bad idea. Yeah, music industry sometimes can be a little, a little crazy, a little funky and shit, man. So, so good for her, man, for not going into the music industry. Good for her on that one. Um, what the hell is going on with my shit? Anyway, um, all right, uh, let me see. Um, okay. All right. Uh, where, where was I? Where was I? Okay. I want to create a world in which models have more agency over what they are doing and they are not just silent coding racks. That's the age that we're coming into in the fashion world. Models as personalities and artists, she said. Yeah, this is, yeah, that's not a bad idea. Um, you know what I'm saying? You can even check out her video on YouTube. Um, yeah, on YouTube. So there you go right there. Um, all right, so let's get into, 
let's get into some unfortunate um stuff that's going on here actually uh unfortunately um there's some broadway shows that's going to be coming to a close so let's get into that one right there um so Broadway shows closing soon. Don't miss your chance to see hit Broadway shows. Get your tickets to Broadway shows closing soon. You only have a short time to see these Broadway Broadway musicals and plays. So buy so buy tickets today. Discover off Broadway shows closing soon. Two and never miss a never miss a must see show. Check out all the current shows current Broadway shows and get tickets. Audiences are no longer required to present proof of vaccination at Broadway theaters and masking wearing is optional. Find out more information about more about um, Broadway's latest COVID safety policies here. Now, here's a list of, here's a list of shows that's going to be closing. So the kite runner, um, went, is, went, went from, started in July, July 6th, of this year and it ends on october the 30th which is a sunday a stage adaptation um of khaled um hosani best-selling book the kite runner which has played in the u.s and london debuts on broadway for a limited engagement in summer 2022 get the kite runner tickets on new york theater guide now the kite runner play like the novel centers on a man named Amir who grew up in Afghanistan. He and a boy named Hassan were childhood friends. And, and um, what is it? Let me see. Let me see. Let me see. Let me take a look here. I'm sorry. It's more to the synopsis here. Finding fun. Hold on. Finding fun. Let me see. Yeah. Finding fun. Hold on a minute. Finding fun and solace in each other and their shared love of kite flying while Afghanistan is is on the brink of war. On the other, other on the otherwise joyful day of a kite flying tournament, another boy attacks Hassan, believing Hassan's Hazara Afghan Afghan race is inferior to the to the pastime race he and Amir share. Amir witnesses the act, but is afraid to intervene, and their friendship breaks down. Um, years later, Amir is living in America and has a successful writing career, but his home country is deep in the, in the throes of war and Taliban control. He receives word that Hassan's son is in danger there, so he makes the risky decision to return to Afghanistan to save him and intent to redeeming his past failures. Well, yeah. Yeah, that, that has to really suck. Um, all right, so, so up, ne- up next is cost of living. All right, so um, let's see. So, Cost of Living is a play about caregiving, alienation, and connection. There are two central pairs of characters, um, Annie and Eddie, and John and Jess. Annie and Eddie are estranged spouses, but following an accident that leaves her a double um, above the knee amputee. 
he returns to care for her elsewhere. John, who has cerebral palsy, hires Jess to assist him with daily tasks. But Annie and John's disabilities and their companions' roles as caregivers are the least of what this play is about. Um, the loudmouthed um, firecracker. <laughs> Annie is bitter at Eddie for leaving her and equally bitter about his coming back. Yet his persistently does his best to lighten her mood and be there for her. And John and Jess are both Princeton grads. But while John holds many privileges because of that education, his wealth and his uh, whiteness, Jess is barely making ends meet by working for John as these two couples navigate their own issues of race, class, personality, and more. It gets less clear who exactly is caring for whom, and the pair's stories eventually collide too. Hmm. Another, um, actually, so this started September 13th. And it ends on November the sec the sixth of next month of November. So go ahead and get your tickets. Actually, book your tickets. Actually, this is from the website I'm using, which is the New York Theater Guide.com. What's on Broadway and what's on Broadway? Broadway shows closing. Okay, Mike um Burbiglia. The old man and the pool. Oh shit. So this one starts. Okay, so okay, so this one starts from um October 28th, which is a Friday, and it ends December 30th at the end of the year. So um comedian my barbiglia. Burby Glear returns to Broadway for two months only with The Old Man in the Pool following hit, following hit runs in California and Chicago. Get Mike Burby Glear, The Old Man and the Pool tickets on the New York Theater Guide now. The Old Man in the Pool is a play written and performed by Burby Glear, which he describes as a coming of middle age story Bur B Glia Burbiglia excuse me learns he's inherited his fa his family's history of heart problems and his doctor recommends plenty of healthy habits to help um Burbiglia Burbiglia um unpacks why he's reluctant to do any of them particularly swimming thanks to a childhood encounter at the YMCA pool and how that doesn't mesh well with his fear of death but yes the old man in the pool is a comedy show and no there are prof profound reflections on life and mortality there's plenty of um burbiglia Barbiglia's signature comic storytelling about growing older and perhaps wiser um, dad jokes <laughs> and other clever punchlines also abound. Even the title of the show is a riff on the classic Ernest Hemingway novel, The Old Man in the Sea. Um, Barbiglia's um, first and most recent Broadway show was the new one. 
another one man comedy show about a different life a different life milestone becoming a father that show premiered off broadway at the cherry lane theater um yeah at the cherry lane theater um let's see um okay 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 yeah a popular comedy um venue in greenwich village in 2018 and moved to broadway court um now james l jones theater uh later that year for a two-month stint that show earned outer critics circle and drama desk um, awards for outstanding solo performance his last new york gig before the old man and the pool on broadway was behind the scenes as presenter for fellow comedian alex um elderman's hit show just for us off broadway um burbiglia himself has also performed other specials off broadway including my girlfriend's boyfriend thank god for jokes and sleep walk with me my girlfriend's boyfriend and thank god for jokes were filmed for netflix and my girlfriend's boyfriend earned barbiglia's barbiglia uh, a lucille lotto award sleepwalk with me became an indie film which barbiglia wrote directed and starred in um barbiglia also directed wrote and starred in the film don't think twice and hey and he has appeared in films and tv shows like the fault in our stars train wreck orange is the new black and billions um of course you can get your tickets to mike um barbiglia's um the old man and the pool in the pool in new york so you can do that we'll get that uh let's see another um another um another so hugh hugh jackman hugh jackman um the music man also started in september started in september of 2020 and it's going to end in january january 1st new year's day 2023 which takes place at the winter garden um theater so Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster star in Meredith Wilson's The Music Man, directed by Jerry Zaks with choreography by uh, Warren Carlyle. Um, let's see. Let's see. Um, and of course, uh, let's see. For those of you who may not know what The Music Man is, let's see what the... Um, what the okay, so... Hugh Jackman and yes, um, in the Music Man on Broadway, Professor Harold Hill arrives in River City, Iowa, promising uniforms, instruments, and lessons for a new town band, and the local locals are thrilled. In reality, um, Hill is a con man who plans to leave River City as soon as he closes the sale, but those plans change when Hill meets Marion Peru or. Mar marrying the librarian and finds himself falling for her soon hill must follow through on his big promises or else lose out on his chance at love the creative team behind the beloved 
um, the beloved 2017 revival of Hello Dolly reunites for another um, sumptuous remount of a classic musical. Jerry Zachs directs and written um, Carlisle um, choreographs this lavish revival at the Broad at Broadway's Winter Garden Theater, which showcases the best of Broadway, gorgeous sets, big production numbers, and majestic um dancing. Jackman and Foster, both um Broadway royalty, return to the stage for the first time since 2014. Jackman last appeared on stage in Jazz um Butterworth's play The The River at the circle in the square theater. He won, he has won two Tony Awards, um, including for his Broadway debut role, The Boy from Oz, and has hosted the Tony's ceremony four times. Foster um, last appeared on Broadway in a revival of Janine um, Tesori's Violet. She has been nominated for six Tony Awards, winning the Best Actress in a Musical category twice for Anything Goes and Thoroughly Modern Millie. The Music Man um, musical first premiered on Broadway in 1957, running for 1,375 performances and winning the Tony Award for Best Musical. The cast album won a Grammy for Best Musical Theater Album and ranked on the Billboard charts for 245 weeks. The Music Man on Broadway was last revived at the Neil Simon Theater in 2000, starring Craig um, Burko and Rebecca Luker in a hit production that was nominated for nine Tony Awards. The 2022 revival got six nominations, including for Best Revival of, of a Musical Best Choreography and Performance nominations for Jackman Foster and Jane um, Howdy Show. The Music Man remains the best, the best known for um, um, work by Meredith Wilson, who loosely based the story setting, the setting and characters on his own Iowa hometown. All right, let me go through. Um, let me go through the names of the Broadway shows, so um, you, you folks out there can get an idea. Y'all are more than welcome to actually look at the synopsis of each play and what what they're about. So Into the Woods, um, another one that started June 28th of this year and it ends January 8th. So um, 1776 started in September 16th. Um, and it ends January 8th of 2023 of next year. And the old-time classic Beetlejuice, known for a film known as the cartoon, um, <laughs> started in April April 8th of this year, and it ends January 8th of 2023, which is next year. Death of a Salesman started September 17th, 2022 and it ends January 15, 2023. Um, Beetlejuice is at the Marquise Theater, in case you didn't know. Um, St. Jean's Theater for Into the Woods, American Airline Theater for 1776, uh, Hudson Theater for Death of a Salesman, um, Top Dog Underdog started 
um, September 27th, and it ends January 15th, 2023 at the Golden Theater. The piano lesson started from September 19th, 2022 to January 23rd, 2023 at the Barrymore Theater. And um, there's more. There's more. Take Me Out started from October 27th and it ends January 29th, 2023 at the Schoenfeld Theater. Um, Between Riverside and Crazy started starts November 30th, 2022 and it ends February 12th, 2023 at the Hayes Theater. Um, also, the Phantom of the Opera, um, January, it started January 9th, 1988, and it's going to end February 18th, 2023 of next year at the Majestic Theater. So there you have it, folks, New York um, Theater Guide uh, website is where you can actually purchase your tickets. Speaking of Broadway, let's give it up for Common, who's also making a Broadway debut as well. Um, so yes, Common, the actor, rapper, and songwriter who has won Oscar, Emmy, and Grammy Awards, will make his Broadway debut in the coveted role of Junior in Stephen Adley um, um, Gurgis Pulitzer Prize winning winning play between Riverside and Crazy. Today's announcement by the Second Stage Theater completes casting for the play, which begins performances on November 30th at Second Stage's Hayes Theater, ahead of a December 19th opening night, which I will get to next. Earlier this, this week, the production announced that most of the cast members of the acclaimed 2015 off-Broadway production will reprise their roles for Broadway, including Stephen McKinley Henderson, um, Victor Alamanzar, Elizabeth Canavan, Rosa Colon, Liza Colon Zayas, and Michael Rispoli. Um, the play directed by Austin Pendleton tells the story of ex-cop and recent widower Walter Pops Washington, Stephen McKinley Henderson, um, and his recent, um, recently um, paroled son, Junior, as they struggle to hold on to one of the last great rent-stabilized apartments on Riverside Drive. With City Hall um, demanding making demands the landlord wanting them out and pressure from the church the play according to the synopsis examines old wounds sketchy new house guests and a final ultimatum common most recently appeared opposite kiki palmer in the film alice which premiered at the 2022 sundance film festival he recently wrapped the rap production on stefan bristol's Breathe opposite Jennifer Hudson, Mila Jokovic from the Resident Evil movies, and Q Cuban Janae Wallace, as well as Apple TV's Apple TV Plus's um 
upcoming sci-fi drama series Wool and the independent Hollywood satire El Tonto. Other film and television work includes Never Have I Ever, The Informer, and Suicide Squad, among others. He won the 2015 Oscar and 2016 Grammy for his song Glory, co-written with John Legend for the, for the film Selma. He shared an Emmy for the song Letter to the Free in the 2017 documentary 13th. Theoretically, at least his Broadway debut could open him up to EGOT status. Common is represented by Grandview, UTA, My, My Man, Greenspan's Fox Rosenberg, Mo Basser, Younger, and Light, and the lead company. And for those of you, I'm going to actually get to, um, I'm going to actually get to that right. Let's get to where the uh, thing, okay. Um, all right, so. Um, let's get to, all right, hold on a minute here, hold on a minute here, I just, uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, let me look for this, here's this, uh, um, Um, okay, wait a second. Oh, wow, wait a minute, wait a minute. Second city. Oh, shit. All right, um, let's get to, let's get to the 40th anniversary for Star Wars. They put that in the uh, next episode that's going to be recorded. Um, let's get to the Star Wars 40th anniversary, shall we? Um, all right, hold on a minute. Yes, here it is. Okay, so the New York Pops Orchestra is be is bringing music from a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away to the Perelman per stage of Carnegie Hall, which happened last Friday of October 21st at 8 p.m. to, to open their 40th anniversary season. Music director and conductor Stephen um, Reink Re Reneke will present the new program, the music of stars, the music of Star Wars, which includes music performed uh, chronologically from all nine films of the Skywalker saga, as well as from the anthology films, Rogue One and a solo, solo a Star Wars story. I am thrilled to be opening the New York Pops 40th season with this concert featuring the iconic music of Star Wars and highlighting the incredible uh, talents of our 78 orchestra musicians, including several who 
have been performing with us since our first season in 1983, uh, Renee Gay said. One moment. All right. Following the opening, Betsy Wolf is set to perform at the at the New York Pops Underground Cabaret event located at 54 Below on September 19th, which already happened. Of the 2022 to 2023 season performances of the New York Pops um, include Broadway Blockbusters on November 18th with guest artist Nikki Renee Daniels, um, Jordan Donica. Matt Doyle and Melissa Arico. On December 16th, the Pops are to perform um, Judith Clerman's Essential Voices USA, rocking around the Christmas tree with Ingrid Michaelson and Judith Clerman's Essential Voices USA Winter Song with Ingrid Michaelson on December 17th. In addition, they are set to perform One Night Only an evening with Heather Headley on February 10th. The stage is the stage is sure to erupt in musical celebration, and the performance of, Mar of the marvelous M M Marilyn May commemorating the cabaret legend's birthday on March 24th. As the only professional symphonic orchestra specializing in popular music in New York City and New York Pops bring once-in-a-lifetime experience experiences to their audiences. Um, they are the largest independent Pops orchestra in the United States and aim to reimagine pop orchestra Pops um, through the Pops Ed music education programs, which partner with public schools, um, community organizations, and senior centers throughout the five boroughs, the New York Pops strive to advance the awareness, appreciation, and practice of music. So, tickets to the music, the music of the of Star Wars, are available in person at the Carnegie Hall box office online on their on their website, Carnegie Hall dot org or by phone by phone call um 212 247 7800 that's 212 247 7800 and their website is carnegie hall.org standard tickets start at 32 dollars and may range to 154 dollars um for more information on the New York Pops performance schedule, visit their website at newyorkpops.org. Okay, let's see. Um, let's see, what else? Um, what else can we talk about here? Oh, wait. Wait a minute. We gotta talk about the sex toys. <laughs> 
we gotta talk about the sex toys, man. Oh my gosh. This one <laughs> this one is the icing on the cake. <laughs> a semi trucker, no semi trailer rather, hauling sex toys and lubricant um overturned on an Oklahoma highway, spilling its love load all over the place, leaving reporters and anchors mouth mouths um a a gap. The incident <laughs> exposed um exposure happened on I-40 on the outskirts of Oklahoma City where the 18-wheeler got into an accident with another truck, leaving boxes of dildos on the road. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> One local TV state news station, KWTV News 9, had its helicopter over the scene, and the report from the sky was absolutely hilarious. <laughs> Hard to tell if the reporter and anchors usually um knew what was filling the screen but the, they definitely skirted calling out the products when the camera zooms in some of the the folic merch was pretty evident whether in boxes or naked on the street <laughs> so it made for some funny banter even if it was inadvertent oh man <laughs> Oh, man. The sex toys really left a mess. Traffic was reportedly blocked for hours. Wow. The, the, the semi looks in pretty bad shape, too. It's on its side and all busted up. But, but fortunately, no one was injured. Of course. <laughs> my gosh this is this is some laughable shit right here folks <laughs> this is some laughable shit oh my gosh okay um let's see what else can we talk about here hope i ain't missing anything let me check um let's see let's see let's see let's see let's see let's see um okay all right so um there's two two stuff that we need to talk about actually though man first and foremost we need to talk about the wayne johnson's movie black adam who reached the number one status in the box office so let's get into that right now in the man the movie man cave popcorn segment Let's do this. And everybody knew that Dwayne The Rock Johnson was going to nail this role as Black Adam. So um, here's what's going on here, man, according to Variety. Black Adam, a superhero adventure starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson as a villain who promises to change the hierarchy of power in the DC universe. Towered over box office charts with $67 million in its domestic debut. How about that? How about that? Um, 
The Warner Brothers comic book movie handedly took down the weekend's um, other new nationwide release, um, Universal's romantic comedy Ticket to Paradise, which landed in second place with a better than expected $16.3 million from 3,543 cinemas. Black Adam heading into the weekend was projected to open to $62 million while playing in 4,350 theaters. But ticket sales were stronger than anticipated on Saturday and Sunday, leading the studio to revise estimates. Internationally, Black Adam kicked off with $73 million from 76 markets. Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute. What the hell? 73 markets. Okay, 73 markets, 73 markets, 73 markets. That's a lot. That's a lot of markets, though, man. <laughs> That's a lot of markets, though, man. Um, let's see. Um, yes, 73. Hold on. Wait, hold on. Yes, 76 markets for a global tally of $140 million. Yes, internationally, Black Island kicked off with $73 million from 76 markets for a global tally of $140 million. As a spinoff, this is a strong um, opening, said, says David A. Gross, who runs the movie consulting firm Franchise Entertainment Research. Black Adam should do well abroad and be comfortably profitable. For a superhero origin story, the $67 million um, start for Black Adam isn't earth-shattering, though it ranks in line with its fellow DC movie, 2018's Aquaman, $67.8 million, and above 2019's Shazam, $53.5 million, which each managed to stick around in theaters long enough to validate the hundreds of millions that Warner Brothers spent to produce those films. Um, compared to anti-heroes outside the DC space, though, Black Adam earned far less than 2018's Venom, which also centered on a lesser-known comic book um, character and opened to $80 million despite terrible reviews. In the case of Aquaman, led by another Hulk, hulking figure in Jason Momoa, the movie had the added benefit of playing around the holidays ending its theatrical run with a robust $335 million domestically and $1 billion globally. Black Adam isn't expected to have that kind of multiple, but since it cost a massive $195 million before marketing fees, it'll also need to keep playing on the big screen for some time. Black Adam is the sixth Warner Brothers film out of six this year to open in first place at the domestic box office following The Batman, Fantastic Beasts, The, the Secrets of Dumbledore, Elvis, DC League of Super... Excuse me, DC League of Super Pets, and Don't Worry Darling. <laughs> And in a win for movie theaters, Black Adam is the first film to open 
above $50 million since Thor, Love, and Thunder in July. It's also the first time the overall box office has collectively surpassed $100 million in one weekend since mid-July. Thanks to combined charm of Julia Roberts and George Clooney, Tickets to, Par- Ticket to Paradise successfully served as counter-programming to Black Adam. And with the challenges facing romantic comedies at the box office, that wasn't a given, even with Roberts and Clooney center stage. It didn't come close to matching the start of The Lost City, a two-hander star starring Sandra Bullock and Channing Tatum that opened earlier this year with $30 million, but that film managed to expand its appeal by leaning heavy on the live action and explosive explosives, at least compared to the traditional rom-com. Ticket to Paradise stands as one of the better starts for meet cute stories this year, beating Bros $4.8 million and Marry Me $7.9 million while landing simultaneously on Peacock. It also adds to the movie's stellar business overseas, where Ticket to Paradise has already um, generated $80 million. Now that it's open in North America, the film is nearly nearing the $100 million mark, with ticket sales currently at $96 million globally. These are two two of the Hollywood's um, biggest stars, and they have they still have large followings, followings overseas, where audiences are more loyal to celebrities than they are in North America, says Gross. That's where this movie is making very good money. Um, although audiences were especially charmed by um, Ticket to Paradise, which cost $60 million to produce. Nearly 50% of ticket buyers were 45 and or older, and 64% were above the age of 35. Opening weekend, patrons seemed to enjoy the movie, awarding it an A- cinema score. Uh, um, all Parker, um, of course, um, directed Ticket to Paradise, which follows Roberts and Clooney as hostile exes who fly to Bali to stop their love struck daughter's shotgun wedding. Wow. Ticket to Paradise became an event for all audiences this weekend, but especially older adults, which are difficult to get to theaters, says Jim Orr, um, Universal's president of domestic distribution. It's better than expected start, he says, points to the incredible word of mouth the movie is generating. Elsewhere, um, at the domestic box office, last weekend's champion Halloween Ends fell to fourth place with $8 million, a shocking 80% decline from its $41 million um, debut. It's one of the worst week-to-week falls in recent history for a movie that opened in first. Halloween ends withstood an even steeper drop than its predecessor, um, 2021's Halloween Kills, which also debuted a date and date on Peacock and plummeted 70% in its 
second weekend. Damn. That film tapped out with $92 million at the domestic box office. So far, Halloween ends, which is positioned as the final showdown between Jamie Lee Curtis's Laurie Strode and her nemesis Michael Myers has grossed $54.17 million in North America and $82 million worldwide. Hold on. Okay. In stark contrast, Paramount's rated R horror film Smile continued to continue its killer run, landing in third place with $8.3 million. <laughs> um, a slim 34% decline in its fourth weekend of release. Um, the movie, which costs an economical $17 million has been the unexpected horror hit of the fall season with $84.3 million to date. At the international box office, Smile has generated a huge $81.9 million for a healthy global total of $166.2 million. Sony's animated family film Wild Loud Crocodile rounded out the top five with $4.2 million from 3,536 venues over the weekend. After three weeks, it generated a lackluster $28.7 million in North America and $8.4 million internationally. In sixth place, the off-the-radar slasher film Terrifier 2 landed a bloody good $1.89 million from 755 locations, bringing its domestic tally to $5.2 million after three weeks. The independent movie, which is distributed by Bloody Disgusting, is already wildly profitable on its $250,000 budget. And although um, the stomach churning movie is a, is reportedly causing audience members to vomit and or faint in the aisles, it's somehow benefiting from word of mouth. Ticket sales were up eighty four percent from last weekend. Several new releases succeeded at the indie box office, including Martin McDowell's. Dark comedy, the bash, the bat, the of any Sherman, A24's After Sun, and director Park Chan Wook's decision to leave. Searchlights on the Banshees of any Sherman, an Irish set film starring Colin Farrell and Brandon Gleason as long life friends at an impasse, but in $181,000 from four theaters, translating to a huge 
$1,000 um, per location. That's that's a better screen average than tar. <laughs> um, the tar triangle of sadness and other recent award hopefuls. By next Friday, Searchlight is expanding the the banshees of um any sharing to about eleven additional markets before opening nationwide in the up uh, the coming weeks. Paul Mesco of normal people, <laughs> fame stars. And after sun, which grows sixty six thousand three hundred fifty five dollars from four screens, and and averaging a solid sixteen thousand five five eighty eight dollars per location. A twenty four is slowly rolling out the well reviewed movie through November. Movie is distributing decision to leave, which brought in two ninety six thousand. For thirty-six dollars from forty-eight screens, and translates to a softer six thousand one seventy-six per location. Now, in its uh, its second weekend and limited release, the romantic thriller has generated four thirty-seven thousand one sixteen dollars to date. In other movie news, I didn't get a chance to talk about this in the last episode. Um. And it's pertaining to the N1 documentary. Let's get into it. Um, all right, so um, this is from sfgate.com. So um, let's see. Um, let me see. Um so I'm fairly certain that Matt Barnes doesn't remember the day we met, but I do. It was at UCLA when I was 16 years old. UCLA used to have these days when recruits for all sports would come on the same day to to attend, um, to attend um, a football game. Although I was there for uh, volleyball, I still had basketball ambitions. So during the pregame mingle session, I sized up some of the baddest basketball players in the country. I almost literally bumped into Barnes. I didn't know his name, but he seemed like he wanted all the smoke for real. <laughs> he, he looked like the toughest skinny dude I had ever met in my life. And the reason why was because he had a tattoo on his arm of the blank face trash talking and one guy the same logo on the t-shirts i wore when i um when i wore um when i wanted to feel intense and one was so important to my life that the tattoo alone was the coolest thing about the trip afterward i literally told people that i didn't think i could make it as a college basketball player. When they asked why, I replied that they got dudes with the N1 tattoos and I'm not ready for that level of aggression. Hmm. Wow. Um, what is going on here? All right, um, let me see what's going on here. 
All right, the streaming Netflix documentary, Untold, The Rise and Fall of Anne Warren, reminded me of that time in my life. In 2001, Anne Warren was everything that I wanted to be. As a Southern Californian growing up in a white neighborhood, the elements of expression in basketball um, were always muted. I remember the first time I heard someone say, act like you've been there before. My response was always, why? Anyone was the proverbial why to everything mainstream basketball was in the late 90s. And as the documentary points out, it all started with the shirts. I must have owned a dozen of these shirts. My favorite was a drawing of the N1 guy holding up a carton of milk with the missing print <laughs> with the missing print on it and your game right below. Oh wow. I saw your game on a milk carton. <laughs> oh, shit. The shirt did the talking. I wasn't allowed to. It was the expression of hip-hop combined with the spirit of competition. We all ate it up. Um. All that said, the documentary didn't really make me, didn't really make me happy. It did some things well like high side, highlight the origin story behind the brand and explain the feelings of those who created it it also captured the pandemonium behind the promotional tour of the best street ballers that's about it my biggest issue with the doc is that they spent time highlighting the racial element in terms of these execs riding the backs of these black athletes but not at all on what the execs were actually producing. I almost spit out my metaphorical coffee when I found out that the white kid from Walton Business School designed all these shirts. It appears to me that these three white guys wanted to hack black culture to make it rich and they succeeded. This isn't to say they were the first to do so, but they might have been the first to do it that way. The shirts alone make me feel like Ghostface Killer writes their copy, <laughs> but this, but it isn't Ghostface or a rapper or a baller or a black person. It's some white kid imagining what black people do when they talk trash, <laughs> and of course he had to imagine because he probably grew up acting like he's been there before. The documentary should have included so much more. For example, when the N1 mixtape started coming out, they gave rise to a new mixtape culture. Untold frames it like they were the only dudes making tapes and that once Nike picked up on it, the run was over. I remember watching all the N1 tapes as well as others like Ball Above All, which was essentially the same but with the top high school talent in the century, no, in the country, excuse me. That was where I learned about TJ Ford, Julian Sensley, and James Flight White. I wish they would have gotten into what mixtape culture became and how it, it still is a part of society, I bet, in TikTok and Instagram form. Another thing they didn't really key in on was the journey these guys were taken competitive competitively a big question when the tour was happening was 
how good these guys really how how good are these guys really this manifested itself in huge stories around skip and ao attempting to make it to the league oh man yeah that's interesting this is that's pretty that's a pretty good analysis that um this narrator is saying actually but um in the basketball world, the consensus at the time was that those two guys could really play and the rest couldn't. Untold showed the New York game from the tour, but what they failed to mention was that the N1 All-Stars lost to the local NYC team. In fact, the best player on that NYC team was Corey Homicide Williams, who was my D-League teammate a few years later. He said they weren't great players and that he took pride in beating them. People wanted a piece of these guys for real, but the doc made it seem like it was all fun and games. Well, there's a reason I led with former warrior Matt Barnes. I look back at the moment when I met him and how he was the epitome epitome of toughness cultural relevance and cool it all feels weird now when you make shirts that read your game and your girl are both trash what voice are you imagining that to be in the founders of the company certainly didn't write these shirts in the manner in which they speak and i know this because they sounded like white pen kids in in all their interviews oh boy um it's it's just it's just is another example of how black people never get rich off their own culture, but white people who emulate it will always do. Eminem is the biggest example, but I've never been that upset at Eminem. But Google old photos of Justin Timberlake and Britney Spears and tell me what many of their outfits look like. Look up who created Fresh Prince. The white showrunners used to openly ask if this is what black people would do i suppose that when you have a culture that reg regularly produces lighting no lightning in a bottle someone is always going to try to capture that for themselves it's just always weird learning about how many things i loved as a black child as perfectly me were created by white dudes in a lab if the N1 guy was designed differently, if the typeface didn't resemble graffiti, if the language didn't sound like the homies said it, I would have never owned one piece and one piece of N1 clothing. And Matt Barnes wouldn't have his only tattoo I know for certain for certain was designed by a Wharton grad. All that said, until the rise and fall of A1 was a trip down memory lane that was fun at times and frustrating at others. But um, truth be told, I think I'd rather watch a miniseries about street basketball than learn about some Ivy League kids, Ivy League kids who made a diorama about how to hack black culture and won. Maybe we will one day get that doc and one will be the part of the story where streetball became mainstream but then but was then used 
as nothing more than a vehicle to make four people rich. Um, of course, and match shoes with Sean John Vowlers. At least we enjoyed the time and mom in the moment. Nothing can change how it actually made me feel 20 years ago. Man, come on. It's just a documentary. Look, man. Look, and it's the trailer is on YouTube. You can also check it out on Netflix as well, man. So look, you're not gonna always satisfy. You're not gonna always satisfy every everyone to to make happy. Okay, you're not gonna do that because look. Even if that was the case of, even if that was the case. That doesn't mean that doesn't mean that um that doesn't mean that the that the uh, the, the, the person because we don't know who the, we don't know who the white person is that's actually doing all this anyway who made the N one clothes we don't really know so you know what I'm saying so I'm not even gonna really I'm not gonna jump the bandwagon off of the whole um the whole fucking shit that this guy is saying I'm not gonna do that. I'm not gonna do that shit though, man. Like seriously. So that's just that's just me and my own perspective. So there you have it. Um. Anyway, um. Let's see what else. What else can we talk? Oh yes. So we got some fun stuff to do for the weekend. Um. I want to start with. I want to start with. Um. Let me start with California, man, because. Let's start with California because um, it's actually, uh, um, you know what I mean? Let's get that out of here. Bronx Reads. Yeah, let's get that out of here. Get that. Um, all right. So, yeah. Okay. Let's get to where, okay, California. We're gonna get to that first and then do, okay, best things to do. Let's see, hold on, best things to do in Los Angeles. So let's get to that first. Okay, so, so this weekend, um, I'm gonna pick some, exciting stuff to actually talk about here um so so of course there's hollywood forever cemetery claims to host the largest day of the dead celebration in california and we wouldn't doubt it the cemetery grounds um are covered with art exhibitions dance rituals musical performances arts and crafts projects and food vendors and crowds a plenty you'll see altars to the dead created by community artists and either watch or participate in the in a calica skeleton costume contest this year's theme honors the mayor Huo, the aztec um Dolphus of fertility and the magui i gave and it's and it's sure to be a particular display as always. But if you missed last year's return, there's a pretty major change you should know about. It's been split 
into two timed events. So this place, um, so this place is, uh, so this is the Hollywood Forever Cemetery, which is located at six. 6000 Santa Monica Boulevard, Los Angeles, California. Um, price is 35 between 35 to $55. And for VIP is 150 between 150 to $200. And opening hours is 9 a.m. to 3 p.m., 5 p.m. to midnight. And the website www.lady of the dead.com for more information and of course uh and of course yes 9 a.m and 5 p.m at the forever at the hollywood forever cemetery that's where you can do that so okay so another place you could check out is um frankenstein with live orchestra from October 28th to the 29th. Um, the other one I just read is on October 29th, which is a Saturday as well. So the LA Opera and the theater at the Ace Hotel once again join forces for a chilling mashup of a live music and film. Hold up in the Aces Gothic Auditorium for a screening of the 1931 Boris um, Karloff classic Frankenstein. Complete with a live accompaniment from LA Opera Orchestra. The movie was actually released without a score. So, composer Michael Shapiro um, has crafted an entirely fresh soundtrack. Stick around at the, the October 26th performance for The Aces, a Hitchcock Halloween. A haunted costume party in the hotel theater cathedral like lobby. Um, all right, so and um, let me see, let me see. This is tomorrow. Let me see. How did I do that one? Um, haunted little Tokyo. Every year, haunted little Tokyo typically turns the area into a ghoulish maze of Halloween themed pop-ups, walking tours, and performances. This year, the Little Tokyo Ghost Club, a network of some neighborhood leaders and businesses, will stage a free 21-plus block party with DJs, a costume contest, and a full bar. That's October 29th. That's a Saturday. Um, and also on the 29th is Alvi Vase. Alvi Alves um, have nothing in common with um, churches inside the injecting V's in their um, names and giving us a reason to clear space in our heart for another indie pop act. Applying reverb to jangly guitars like Doritos adds cheese dust to chips and Canadian swoon swooning pop in is irresistible. Um, yes, we have, uh, hold on a minute, hold on a second, okay, so we got, uh, all right, so we got, uh, um, let me see, we got, hold on a second, folks, um, hold on a second, I'll be back.
Sorry about that, folks. I had to use the bathroom real quick. But anyway, let me continue where I left off here on the three things to do for the weekend for you Californians out there. In case you don't know, I'm using the website called timeout.com. Uh, Los Angeles things to do, things to do in Los Angeles. So check out that website and you can see the list of events that's going on in your neck of the woods or where you live. And let me continue where I left off. So so 20, so 222, a ghost story. Constance Wu, Finn Whitrock, Anna Camp, and Adam Rothenberg star in the U.S. premiere of the supernatural thriller which runs at the um, our mansion this fall. Our friends at Time Out London called its Across the Pond the debut at Crack and Dinner Party Play, alive with wit and tension, with an ex- extremely cleverly worked supernatural angle that keeps things fresh. Um, okay, so... Um, and this is from October 29th to December 4th. Uh, yeah, December 4th of this year. And um, let's see uh, what else, what else, what else, what else. I'm trying to look for some fun stuff, actually. Um, I'm not even going to go to that part, though, man. Halloween. <laughs> I'm not going to go there. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Yeah, um, okay, um, trying to look for something interesting. Um, okay, I don't don't think they know, but, so, Of course, you can explore the historical cultural significance of Day of the Dead traditions during this free celebration at LA Plaza. And this is on October 30th, which is this Sunday coming up. And this is on the Halloween weekend. And um, so this is the LA Plaza. So it's on 501 North Main Street, Los Angeles, California. 90012 and it's free and you can check out their website which is lapca.org um slash event and it starts at 12 p.m on sunday so um there you have it right there and of course um yeah, how about the Dolby? Hold on a minute. Hold on a minute here. Hold on a minute here, man. The, the, the Dolby Theater. How about the Godfather Live 50th anniversary? Um, How about this for an offer you can't refuse? A screening of the Godfather at the Dolby Theater with a 61-piece orchestra performing the iconic Nino Rota score. Um, That, that happens on... October 29th, October 29th, um, let me get to, you know, let's, and, and it's located, okay, so the Dolby Theater, Hollywood and Highland Shopping Center, 
6801 Hollywood Boulevard, Los Angeles, California, 90028. Prices $50 and up. And it starts at 7.30 p.m. So go ahead and get go ahead and get your tickets. And of course, there's um hold on a minute here. There's another one. There's another one. Of course, Boonian Station. Um play with spooky slime, decorate a, a pumpkin, and navigate a hay maze during this weekend of free family free family-friendly Halloween activities at Union Station. You'll find face painting and stilt walkers on the south patio, too. But you'll particularly want to arrange your visit around the trick-or-treating trail. And it starts from noon, 2 p.m. and 4 p.m. and the costume parade and contest at 3 p.m. So, all right, so let's get to, um, let's get to, uh, okay, so it's a free event, so there you have it right there, and, the, and there's the website you, you can check out, which is www.unionstationla.com, and of course, uh, located at 800 and Alameda Street, Los Angeles, California. Um, the opening hours is 11 a.m. to 5 p.m., and it starts from 11 a.m., as well at Union Station. And, of course, there's more stuff to unpack here, including Cypress Hill. All right. All right, Cypress Hill. That's going to be the last one I'm going to actually get to. Um, Wait a minute here. Wait a minute. I know there's more information than that. Um, Actually, of course. All right, so local West Coast hip hop legend Cypress Hill bring their annual Halloween. Hang on a minute here. The annual Halloween show to the Palladium with support from Everlast, Fishbone, and 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 um eight no N eight and. And ain't no face. <laughs> okay. Um, so you can go to um Cypress Cypress Hill website. The website is cypresshill.com slash tour dates. Hollywood Palladium 6215 West Sunset Boulevard, Los Angeles, California. And it's $40. And it's $40 right there. You can't beat that. And the event starts at 6 p.m. Okay, so once again, the website I'm using is www.timeout.com in case people in the, the neck of the woods of California or you Californians out there want to check out these events. There's a whole list of um there's a whole list of events and dates uh, for you to do for the three-day weekend, which is Halloween, which is coming up right there. Oh, so there you go right there, man. www.timeout.com. All right, so there you have it right there. Um, All right, let's go to New York, man. Um, Let's go to New York. Um, We're going to get to... um, We're going to get to this shit, though, man. Um, Hold on a minute. 
All right, so here it is. Okay, we got some Halloween events. We got some Halloween events that we need to talk about here. All right, so here it is. Halloween is around the corner in New York City. Storefronts, restaurants, bars, and hotels are creating spooky, fun experiences. Hold on a minute, man. Let's play some Halloween-themed stuff right here, man. Hold on. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Hold on a minute, man. Hold on. Um... Yes, Halloween is around the corner in New York City storefronts, restaurants, bars, and hotels, creating spooky, fun experiences for all, for people of all ages. Um, let's see. Let's get into it. All right, bucket list. Hold on a minute here. All right, so um, bucket list says, bucket list stays theater, create Halloween cocktails, and so much more. More are available all throughout the month of October. Here's a look at some events you should check out this spooky season: month-long events, the New York Mar, the New York Marriott Marquis. Um. Beetlejuice fans get the chance to stay in the one of the kind um, Beetle Suite. Stay decor that is beautifully strange, created by the Beetlejuice, the musical design team, filled with recognizable um, surprises. Well, let's get it. <laughs> wow. Okay. Um. Hang on a second. Hmm. Okay, here uh here's a here's a look at hold on a second. Hold on a minute. Royal Tin Rooftop Hocus Pocus Halloween Diving Movies featuring the the original um Hocus Pocus play poolside every Friday in October. Hocus Pocus cocktails available um from October the 10th through the 31st of this month. So let's get into I'm going to get into this right now. Hold on a minute here. Um <laughs> yeah. Little rebels sip on drinks like the walking dead with a with a gummy brand garnish and the DiCaprio mix with um, blood orange juice. Saint spooky themed cocktails like Soul of Saint mixed with Casa del Sol, the cauldron, the spooktacular, spooktacular potions experience and the Halloween wizard afternoon tea experiences. 
a Halloween potion making experience. The cauldron also offers pumpkin carving for people of all ages, Thursday through Sunday. Bring your friends and family to carve your every your very own pumpkin to take home. And then we have Manhattan West Venue Midnight Theater, the Mingus Big Band 14-piece and Grammy Award-winning jazz band celebrates the music of legendary composer and virtual virtual soul bassist Charles Mingus. Now in his centennial year, Wednesdays, of course, today, starting October 26th. And event by the dates. Let me get to the one from the 27th, which is starting tomorrow. Um, starting tomorrow, somewhere nowhere, seven deadly sins, an array of weekend-long parties featuring DJ performances and Halloween costumes to match from pride, greed, wrath, envy, lust, gluttony, and sloth. And October 28th. Walker Tribeca Halloween Yappy Hour from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Join Walker Tribeca for the Halloween Monthly Yappy Hour series at Rooftop Bar Happy B. Um, guests are invited to celebrate Halloween with their pups with seasonal cocktail services from Pet Valet and a doggy costume contest. Dream, Dream Downtown, the gallery free show, music by Motoma. Of course, uh, of course, here's October 30th, excuse me, October 28th through the 31st. So let me just put this back on here, man. Beat the bomb. You have one hour to make your way out of the haunted mission with a team of four to six through five different high-tech video game rooms to make you feel like you are stepping into a real-life video game. October 29th, Arlo Soho Haunted Hotel Halloween Extravaganza, a multi-floor party with DJs, live music, burlesque performances, and a four-hour open bar with premium spirits spanning the entire hotel experiences on the every corner. Royalton Rooftop Hocus Pocus Halloween Sanderson Sisters Soiree Royalton Rooftop at Royalton Park Avenue Hotel invites spooky party goers to a night of ghoulish fun with DJs and Hocus Pocus themed cocktails. Okay. Um, all right. Um, all right. Let me just do this. Walker Hotel Tribeca. Halloween, celebrate Halloween at St. Tuesday for their spooky Herodin Horror Story Halloween Party located in the sub-cellar of the Walker Hotel Tribeca. This spooky scene is not for the faint of heart. The, the gang, the gang save for rooftop. Okay. Let me set this mood right there, man. Let's set this mood right.
we have death by disco party featuring a set from musical artist delisa rooftop at exchange place carnival of horrors halloween bash this party will feature theme cocktails amazing circus performance music by dj walla and a fortune teller bronx night market halloween edition join the bronco night market at fordham plaza with over 50 food vendors and merchants costumes and spooky fun for family and fan and friends the shanty a night of spirits and spirits the shanty halloween bash celebrate halloween at the shanty as they take over nydc distillery with brewing dancing photo booth tastings and more and we have the dream downtown an array of halloween parties featuring halloween weekend sunset saturdays sounds by benny at phd lounge wet tennis halloween party music by sofi tucker at the gallery fright night music by nikki rez at phd lounge and heroes and villains music by stoon and friends at the electric room and we have october 29th to the 30th south street seaport museum aboard the main deck of the historic tall ship waiver tree docked at pier 16 with hands-on activities, engagement stations, and creative projects for kids of all ages, even etching your favorite seasonal design into gourds aboard Waver Tree. And of course, Darling, it is located on the 47th floor of Park Lane, New York. Yes. Let me set this, let me set this up right there, man. Hold on a second. Darling, located on the 47th floor of Park Lane, New York, Saints and Sinners, a complimentary cocktail hour. Guests get one comp drink with beats by more soup, please. Lower East Side Book Crawl will return with discounts, free drinks, and special giveaways for those who swing through. And lastly, October 31st, the Algonquin Hotel Pink Masquerade celebrating Halloween with a pink masquerade party that benefits the American Cancer Society making strides against breast cancer. The night featuring live music, pink cocktails, and a silent auction with an exclusive memorabilia, personalized drawings by fashion artist Steve Q. An exhibition of work from esteemed artist Sandra Muss entitled Highlighting a Vacancy and Jewelry from Gorgeous Gem Design. How about that, folks? Um, okay. <clears throat> Our Wicked Lady. Black Lagoon Halloween pop-up bar, an immersive experience that leans into goth culture and cult horror. 
the horror in a chilling environment and innovative and delicious spooky cocktails. Lagos Halloween party. Lagos will be hosting the Halloween costume party night of Nigerian food, lively music, and spooky vibes. Halloween on the park, an early evening of family-friendly Halloween-inspired activities, including fair games, pumpkin decorating, floor-inspired treats, face painting, and more. Rose Lane will be open for drinks and full menu service. Okay. All right. Let's Let's try that one more time. The annual Village Halloween Parade, the 49th year parade, um, is returning along 6th Avenue from Canal Street to 15th Street. This year, the parade will be led by the Brass Queens, an eight-piece brass band from Brooklyn. And, of course, November 1st, Darling, D.O.D. Los Muratos, where participants are able to sip specialty mezcal cocktails, feast on an authentic Mexican cuisine, and enjoy entertainments throughout the evening. That's three things you can do for the three-day Halloween weekend, ghosts and ghouls and the people that's trick-or-treating out there and everything else, though, man. So that's three-day weekend um, activities to do. And let's see. Um, in, other, in other fun stuff, um, in other fun stuff, this I, this I had to cover right here, man. The holiday season is quickly approaching, and to kick things off in style, Bucket Listers is bringing the North Pole to New York City. Starting on November 15th, New Yorkers can head down to Watermark at Pier 15, located at 78 South Street, Pier 15, to visit the Santa Claus's Winter Wonderland. This new immersive experience is inspired by the November 16th premiere of the Disney Plus original series, The Santa Clauses, based on the popular Christmas movie series, The Santa Claus, starring Tim Allen. When you step into the Santa Claus's Winter Wonderland, you are met with endless hot chocolate, sweet treats, and memories to cherish throughout the season. You'll arrive in Santa's um, hallway, which is lined with candy cane pillars, and make your way into the living room where you can take a load off in the cozy armchair near the oversized fireplace. There are several um, photo ops along the way, including one at Santa's um, sleigh and the giant snow globe, or you can fill your stockings at Mrs. Claus candy bar. If you, if you like, you can also sneak a kiss under the giant mistletoe. Um, the experience will also feature the Gingerbread House Bar, which includes the Gingerbread Men, which will serve seasonal treats and cocktails, mocktails. <laughs> mocktails. Oh, shit. Oh, my God. Such as hot chocolate. Um, naughty or nice eggnog. Okay, eggnog is my favorite, though. Holiday hot toddy <laughs> and more wine, more wine. 
private and semi-private glass um, houses will be available for uh, reservations and will offer an, an additional food menu that includes Santa's um, s'mores, um, Rudolph's truffle ravioli. What? Rudolph's truffle ravioli? Oh, shit. <laughs> okay, wait a minute. Wait a minute. Um, <laughs> okay, that's weird. Um, baked mac and cheese. That's understandable. That's an understatement, actually. <laughs> Santa's snack cones and more. Plus, every Saturday and Sunday in December, you can enjoy a signature Santa's brunch when you visit. The activation will take place on November 15th through January 15th, 2020. Wait a second. I think it's 2023. It's 2023 of next year. So that's what that means. Okay, so November 15th of this year through January 15, 2023, with multiple times available during each day. Each day. The experience is mainly outdoors, so be sure to bundle up. So the tickets start at $25 and will be available on the Bucket Listers website starting on November 1st. So keep a lookout for that right there. Um. So there you have it right there, folks. Um, there you have it. Um, all right. So <laughs> this has been an interesting, this has been an interesting Halloween. This is this has been an interesting um episode right here. Um <laughs> of course <laughs> there were some hilarious moments about sex toys. Um, spills onto the highway, which is crazy. <laughs> um, I will admit that. <laughs> there were some funny moments, though, man. But I will admit that, though, man. But anyway, um, yeah, that's gonna do it for um episode one ninety eight. Um, of course, you like what you heard in today's episode or any previous episodes whatsoever, and in terms of the topics that's that was discussed, of course. Um, be sure to, um, you know, sh- you know, make a char- make a charitable donation to my cash app, which is dollar sign G Money Stacks five fifty five. That's dollar sign capital G lowercase M O N E Y capital S lowercase T A C K Z five fifty five. Once again, it's not about you having a lot of money. It's all about doing the best you can as a human being. On whatever amount of money you decide to um, donate will be appreciated. And of course, lastly, I like to turn my attention to the last segment of the night is the stream choices on the go, man. Let's do this. Yes. All right. Um. Of course, you know what to do. Um, you want to show you you want to show your support. Make sure you show your love by following Off the Meat Rack Chains New York podcast on Facebook and Instagram, alongside with my other shows, which is Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks podcast, alongside with Meticulous Vibe Juice podcast, the review show, and also. Um, you can follow me on the gram, which is G Money Stacks Five Fifty Five in Queens, New York. Um, make sure you turn on your notifications so you don't miss a beat on when 
the episode is going to be dropping. And of course, um, you can you can go to the link in bio where it says Linktree slash um G Money Stacks five fifty five, where you have all the audio streaming platforms listed. And I will start with Anchor, where you can leave your voice messages on there, if um as well. And you can also leave a voice message for me in terms of um congratulating me on the two hundred episode, which is coming up which is coming up um, this week um, after I record episode 199. I will be ready to record episode 200. Hopefully um, some guest co-hosts will come through. Will come through, And I know it's been a minute since I actually had um, a guest co-host on here. So we'll see what's going on. So, you know, we'll see what's going on here. And, you know, I'll figure out what's going on with the uh with the uh, permanent co-host situation and shit as far as the work situation and stuff. So um anyway, man, without further ado, let's get to let's get to the list of streaming platforms as I list them. If you don't have any of these um any of these apps, don't worry. Um the links are in the bio. And of course you can download these apps st- starting with Anchor. Um, we have Audacity, um, Audible, Audioburst, Amazon Music, Breaker, Castbox FM, Deezer, Listen Notes, Moon FM Podcast, Player FM, Pocket Cast, Podbay, Podfriend, Podopolo, Podorama, Podcast Index, Podcast Addict, Podchaser, Podverse, Reason FM, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, and listen, you can... Leave a five-star rating on on Podchaser alongside with Podfriend and alongside with um Spotify as well. A five-star rating will be appreciated. So um I will thank you for that. And you can listen to Off the Meat Rack Chains New York podcast episodes on Radio Public alongside with iHeartRadio, the number one app for music radio and podcasts. And make sure you follow my other two shows that's on iHeartRadio as well, which is Excellent Fun Vibrant Talks Podcast, the Sports Edition Show. And, of course, um, Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast Review Show that's also on there as well. I am going to be releasing um, – I'm going to be dropping episode 197 after I after I get off the air. Um, and – I'm going to end up getting ready to record episode 90 in a couple of minutes for my other platform, Meticulous Vibe Juice Podcast. So um, if, if, um, if anything, if anything, I am going to actually, um, if anything comes up, I'll, I'll do some shuffling. So anyway, man. Um, and also, um, speaking of speaking of subscribing and following, you can also grab that subscribe button on the YouTube channel, G Money Stacks 555. Click on that note and you know the bell so you can be reminded when the show goes in the air via live stream. And of course, leave a like and a comment along with the episodes and topics that was discussed. And of course, leave, and of course, on um, more video content, upcoming episodes, previous episodes. Download these episodes. Share the videos, share the episodes, listen and stream 
and watch these episodes in case you miss any of them. Everything's all uploaded to every streaming platform and including the YouTube channel with all the New York episodes on there as well. And um, of course, be sure to share the podcast along with um, the link that says Linktree slash GMoneyStacks555 um, with your wives, your husbands, your boyfriends, your girlfriends, your friends, and the people you are cool you're cool with from work and anywhere else that you um that you meet people you know what i'm saying um and yeah man that's gonna do that's gonna do it for me man i'm g money stacks thank you very much for listening and tuning in and rocking with me and hanging out with me on the 198th episode of this of this new york podcast platform right here um stay tuned for one 199 and 200 um and of course remember the grind doesn't stop um hard work pays off if you want something if you want something you have to work hard for it and earn it new york wasn't built in a day so of course make sure you follow your dreams um in terms of career field what you're trying to do creatively speaking and you know, do something what makes you happy mentally, physically, and spiritually. And of course, be on your P's and Q's um, with confidence behind your, behind your craft, whether it's behind the microphone, um, doing live streams of podcast episodes, whether it's on YouTube, whether it's on Twitch, uh, wherever it is you're doing live streams though, man, you know what I mean? So you, so you get an idea on how people could get to know you and stuff like that. So there you have it right there. Um, also, also, you know, be sure to to get in your zone with the spark that clicks to you, that gets you into your zone with some ideas, creatively speaking, and alongside with some tunnel vision. All right? All right, so that's going to do it for me. I'm off this shit. Thank you very much. Um, I'll see y'all next time in the next episode. Stay liquid. Stay safe. Take care of one another. And I hope y'all enjoy. Um, and I hope y'all enjoy your Halloween weekend. I will be doing an, I will be doing a Halloween episode on here. Yes, I am. Um, and of course. Stay tuned for that as well. And of course, and of course, be safe out there. Take care of one another. And and of course, peace out. And have yourselves a good night, folks.
Listen, folks, if you like what you heard, I need your help on a couple things. If you like to support Off the Meat Rack Chains New York podcast, you can show some love by following the show on Facebook and Instagram with the same name at Off the Meat Rack Chains NY Podcast. O F F T H E M E A T R A C K C H A I N Z N Y P O D C A S T. Alongside with my primary Instagram handle, G Money Stacks 555 in Queens, New York. And go to the YouTube channel, G Money Stacks 555. Be sure to click the subscribe button. Grab the notification bell so you can be reminded on when the show goes in the air live via live stream. More video content, upcoming episodes, previous episodes that will automatically be posted after the recordings. Like, comment on the episodes with the topics, share the videos, download your favorite episodes, rate, spread the word to a friend, to other individuals. Please be sure to share the podcast with audio streaming choices to your friends. The audio streaming services includes Anchor, Audio Burst, Breaker, Deezer, Listen Notes, Player FM, Pocket Cast, Podbay, Podfriend, Podcast Addict, Podorama, Podchaser, Reason FM, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn Radio, Google Podcasts, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, and YouTube. I'm G Money Stacks and Thank you, listeners and watchers, for tuning into the podcast. One love.